episode like january uh i would say i think it was right before we went to costa rica oh we didn't film a follow-up i don't think so oh, okay well anyway hello hi welcome back to what is life dude we're sarah and eric if you forgot <laughs> it really has been so long right so we're returning from this several month hiatus we actually had no concrete plans to revive the podcast until literally yesterday right? less than 24 hours ago yeah so if you were listening previously you may recall we changed the format of the podcast several times and we just kept trying to make something that felt meaningful to both of us and i think this time around we're going to take a much more kind of organic casual approach and just make this our journal our weekly journal um because we're both at this point where we're at this transitional point in our lives and we're trying to put all of our effort behind our creative project so that hopefully one day that can be what we make our living off of. And because uh, we're trying to navigate that, we've been having a lot of great conversations just about like what our dream lives look like and what habits and characteristics we need to acquire to accomplish that and what limiting beliefs have been keeping us from that. And uh, I think we just realized like these are the conversations that we should be recording and sharing because I feel like a lot of people can relate to having that like long time dream and just feeling very stuck in what's safe. So unfortunately we can't bring the microphones into the shower <laughs> where TMI we have our best conversations, I'd say. It's true. I don't know why. I think it's because it's you're always you always come back home from work and then we take a shower and like I don't know, you just spend all day at work thinking about what you'd but rather be doing, maybe. I don't know. I'm spending a lot less time at work nowadays and we yeah. still do it. Right. I think it's just like the shower is when you shower by yourself, it's the place where you like you think about right. all these things and like recap in your own head. Mm -hmm. So when you do it with your partner, it, it just comes out right. to, to the other person. And I think both of us have personalities that really lend, like we really um, benefit from bouncing ideas off of another person, both mm -hmm. of us, rather than just keeping it all internal. Yeah. Yeah. So kind of to lay the foundation for the podcast moving forward, I wanted to just talk about what each of us is currently like doing for work and what our dream careers kind of look like and maybe the projects we're working on. So I think you should start. <laughs> Sarah said she was going to prompt me before we started, but she didn't tell me how or... Or what I was going to prompt you to talk about. Yeah. Okay. So what am I doing for work? Um, I'm still working... But how how specific do I get? How specific have I gotten? Don't give them your address. Okay. Our, my work <laughs> address? Can I give them our personal address? Uh, yes. Um, so I'm still working in a distribution center for a company, um, shipping packages, <laughs> overseeing the shipping of packages. Um, and that's, I've been doing that for like three years now. And, you know. I don't think it's my life destiny to work in a warehouse mm -hmm. as much as I love the people at the company and that right. I'm surrounded by. Um, what else? What was the next? What was the next part of it? 
I just wanted to give people context of what we're what we're currently going through. So like what okay. what say someone is totally new to the podcast and doesn't really know you. Like right. what what is your dream career? What's your passion? Okay, my dream career is being a quote unquote rock star. <laughs> That's what I've wanted to do since I was 6 years old and I got uh my first drum set which is in the same room as us right now. Mm-hmm. Um 20 something or 20 years later um i used to pretend to be billy joe armstrong from armstrong from green day um and like mime the way he plays guitar on stage (laughs) um and ever since then that's what i wanted to do i wanted to make music for as many people as possible um and share my thoughts with them and have them sing along nice so i currently play in a band um slash solo project (laughs) thing and I play music with Sarah. Um, but yeah, ha- the question is, how do we turn that into a career? Right. Right. How do we make the starving artist is like, it's just overdone. It's like a trope, mm-hmm. but it's really true. Yeah. Like, how do you make money when you're just trying to create things? Yeah. Especially when it's, there's so many people making music now and it's so easy to share music. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like, the same with the YouTube game is like everyone's able to make these things. It's very saturated and mm-hmm. you really have to find a way to make yourself stick out from the crowd. You know, we watched this video about uh, how to be successful as a musician and they showed a clip from of Dave Grohl from Foo Fighters and Nirvana and one of his things was you just have to be good. Just mm-hmm. be good at making music. Mm-hmm. And while it's a little over- oversimplified, I think that's really like what it comes down to like why do you think white iverson by post malone got picked up on soundcloud and like nothing else really does and like Lil nas x it's like because they're good they're good songs right like they're better than most people Mm -hmm. so i while it is oversaturated i think if you market and you're good um you know yeah you you can get found it's definitely a, a huge part of the of the equation. And I think as far as something we've been talking a lot about lately is working backwards from your kind of desired outcome. And if you put yourself a couple years or whatever into the future and say, yes, I'm a, I'm a famous or I'm a very successful like touring musician, what qualities would I have in that life? And like the first thing is just that you practice, you know, and it's very easy when you're stuck at your nine to five or your, your current grind to feel very drained from that if it's not something you're passionate about and to not make the time to practice. And I think something I've been realizing lately because I would also like to do music, at least partly for a living. Um, I guess I'll get more into that later. All of my like all of the aspects of my dream life, but I just haven't been really practicing music i i do voice lessons regularly i'm very glad that i've been doing that and i've seen progress but i realize like i'm never going to you can't just magically manifest the life of a musician or whatever creative person that you're envisioning without actually taking the steps to get there and i think that's something i've struggled with since i've been making music like i i I know part of it is that I think deep down, I've never thought what I'm making is like good enough to like really promote. I've never been like super proud of it. 
what happens is like I write songs and then I record them and then at some point very very quickly they get old to me mm. and I'm like uh, that's not the style I want like I don't want to sing these lyrics anymore and then like I don't want to promote it or like put it out there mm-hmm. and then like at the beginning of the process I'm like oh I think they're really good songs so like people will probably end up hearing them and I kind of just do this like oh wait for something to happen thing which just doesn't work that's not how it works right with anything mm-hmm. so now I'm at a point where the songs we're recording now I feel really proud of right and I'm just like I'll go to work and like I'll like email email myself a demo of the song and like <laughs> play it in the warehouse for random people like check mm-hmm. out the song I made yeah They're like what and and like my manager is like you're so le- you're such a Leo why <laughs> why do you do this yeah and I'm like because I'm I'm proud of it right this is what I want people to listen so I'm gonna make people listen to it yeah but like when it comes to practicing the guys in my group we've talked about it like our drummer is an amazing drummer but he like he gets so down on himself for not being good enough mm-hmm. and it's funny because you know him and you're like oh that's that sounds like him <laughs> James but it's like. He has to go to work 40 hours a week. Mm-hmm. So he can't just sit behind his drums for four hours a day and practice. Yeah. And he's like, you know, we, we all used to do that in high school because mm-hmm. we didn't have anything to do. Mm-hmm. We just like came home from school and played. Yeah. On the weekends, we didn't, we didn't have girlfriends. We didn't do anything. We just <laughs> played music. Mm-hmm. And we were, I mean, we're all better now, but comparatively, we were so much better for that age right. back then. And uh, our bass player, he was like... He was like, yeah, like, you know, we sound pretty tight. And we were talking about his last band. He's like, oh, that band was like crazy tight. I'm like, why were you guys so good? He's like, well, we practiced, we practiced 8 p.m. to midnight twice a week. Right. And like our band practices like three hours once a week just because mm-hmm. we don't have time. Mm-hmm. I'm like, it yeah. literally just, if you're good and you practice a lot, you'll be amazing. Yeah. And if you're bad and you practice a lot, you'll be pretty good. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very difficult to navigate all of that and... I feel like a lot of people kind of get lured into the trap of just, like I said earlier, being so kind of drained from their day-to-day work that they don't have the creative energy to put into that that side hustle. I mean, I don't know. Is music a side hustle, really? It's kind of like just a hobby for us both now. We're not really making money off of it. Right. But like a lot of people will just come home and like watch TV or, you know, and I struggle with that. Mm-hmm, we both do. Well, and especially because now we have each other. Mm-hmm. And when we're, when I get home from work or if we've had a busy day, we don't want to keep doing stuff where we're apart. Where we're working too. Even yeah. if we're like in the same house or in the same room working mm-hmm. on music, we're right. still apart. We just want to like sit there and like hug each other and cuddle, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But see, that's why I think we've been kind of like stuck in that rut for a while. And now we've reached this breaking point where like, you know, listeners might know, like I deal with anxiety and depression have for a long time. And I have a very like kind of low tolerance for, um, I don't know, for being apathetic about my career. And I'm always trying to like figure out how I can feel better and better and better. And that's why I think now we're at this point where we're really trying to keep each other accountable and work together in as many ways as possible to create music. Like we're working on a little, wait, can we talk about it? Yeah, why <laughs> we not? just released a little cover album first off, which is available on Spotify and iTunes and all of those streaming platforms. Uh, if you haven't 
heard of it. it our act name is Cute Threat. Um, so we would appreciate it if you would give our music a listen. It's just five little songs that you probably all probably know all of them. But we're working on a little Christmas cover album now. You'll definitely know all of those. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's been fun. I haven't really... I, I'm contributing vocals, but Eric is the mastermind behind all of the instrumentation and the production. Because that's what he actually studied. Fun fact. Um, <laughs> I didn't study uh, <laughs> shipping in a warehouse, actually. <laughs> yeah, but it's interesting when you just... It's great if you have a partner who is on the same page as you and you have a shared project because I feel like, you know, not with everyone. Some people are very fiercely independent, even in their relationships. But sometimes you kind of feel bad for pursuing uh, like your side projects, your creative projects when you're both working full time jobs and you just want to be able to to dedicate time to the other person and sometimes it feels like your side projects are like pulling you apart. But now like if he disappears into the basement for several hours and is recording uh, for our, our project, I'm like, great. You know? Yeah. What can, how can I max maximize my uh, time up, up, up here, not in the basement and better myself when he's doing that? Well, and the conversation we were having yesterday is that, you know, Sarah and I, we've over the last month or so, We've been trying to figure out a way to do this, to work together and to make money together. Yes. <laughs> and right. But like we've what we tentatively settled on was me helping with Sarah's Vegan Kitchen mm -hmm. or her YouTube channel, which is now Sarah's Vegan um, <laughs> and Sarah's Vegan YouTube channel. I like it because it's ambiguous. Yeah. It could be Sarah's Vegan whatever now. It doesn't have to be food necessarily. Mm -hmm. It's her vegan life. Anyway. I tend to ramble. Um, but the point being is that uh, I lost my train of thought. That's you, the point being. You, you reduced his hours at work, basically. Well, we, try, we tried to force this thing where I would help, where I would help Sarah with her YouTube channel. Mm -hmm. We're like, oh, we'll make videos together and cook together and I can help edit videos and blah, blah, blah. And then yesterday, Sarah was like, well, now aren't we just both doing things we don't really want to do? <laughs> And like, I don't know, is, is it, we can cut this out if it is, but is it a secret that you don't like love YouTube? I think I've, I think I don't have a problem with YouTube, the platform, no, but definitely no, no. the way that I've been creating content. I feel like I've shared this a couple different times. I think so. Um, actually on my YouTube channel and on Instagram. It's not um, you, the fans. It's the work. Right. Right. I feel like, well, look. I think a lot of people assume that because I'm self-employed in like a creative field, that this is my dream career. And I, I'm very grateful for it. I'd much rather be working for myself than still working at Starbucks or my old office job. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> but I feel like sometimes when something you're passionate about becomes your career, uh, you can lose sight of the passion, right? Yeah. And... Eric like reduced his hours at work and we were like, how can we grow this business, Sarah's Vegan Kitchen? And I do a lot of, I am a big podcast listener. I love listening to YouTube videos and interviews of, you know, entrepreneurs and CEOs and stuff. So I'm, I'm pretty tapped into what it would take to scale like a food blogging business. I know the practical steps and I've known them for a while 
And I've been asking myself, like, why can't I implement them? Why every time I try to make like this game plan to grow this blog, I like sabotage myself. And then I realized it's because like the self-sabotage is really the opposite of self-sabotage. It's like self-preservation because it's like my subconscious not allowing me to go deeper down this rabbit hole that I'm going to need to extricate myself from later. Same as like, um, you know, pursuing this career, like climbing the corporate ladder and like never really questioning whether you actually want to one day have the career of the people who are superior to you, you know? It's like, that's what I would have been doing, but I quote unquote sabotage myself so that I, you know, I'm still fairly young. I don't think it's too late. It's never too late to pivot really, but. No, not at all. I mean, just quickly on that topic, we went to my grandma and grandpa's house the other week and my grandpa started watercolor painting. Oh my God. He's 90 years old and he's like watching YouTube tutorials oh, painting just because he, he wants to. He's never done it before. Right. So that's a quick little anecdote. It's never too late to try something new or pivot. Yeah. But like, you know, my, my dad's like the, the businessman guy. Mm-hmm. And ever since I started at the company a few years ago, he's like, oh, you got to, you know, like prove yourself and grow and, you know. Right. Like you'll end up working in the office and blah, blah, salary, job. And I'm like, I don't want that because I hear so many stories, like not some personal, but like on Reddit, people talk about it. It's like once you start doing that and you give everything to someone else's business, Mm -hmm. you can't really, you won't have time for yourself. And I see it firsthand. Like people, people get promotions and they're salaried and then they're working twice as much mm-hmm. and all their passions outside of work they don't exist anymore right. and I'm like I'd rather make less money and be able to focus on something outside of work Yeah. but when it comes to self-sabotaging like that was also part of the conversation yesterday we were like okay well what can we make together and we can make money and we had this idea and we started writing these, I started writing these notes down since I'm the <laughs> list maker. I'm the serial note taker. Yeah. <laughs> list maker really. And then we were doing it and we were kind of excited. And then at one point Sarah was just like, no, <laughs> no. I'm like, what is this is a good idea. She's like, we're, it's just going to be a cycle. Like we're going to start working on this thing to try to sell it. And then it's, it's not going to be fun and we're going to hate it. and We're going to hate each other. Right. Like, we have to find something we both love to do. Mm-hmm. Well, it's interesting, too. I want to talk a little bit about comparison because, like I said, like, I've been doing YouTube and the recipe blog for several years, and I'm kind of tapped into what other people in my same niche are doing. And um, a couple of weeks back, Jasmine and Chris from Sweet Simple Vegan, which is an amazing vegan food blog, uh, they visited, they were in Boulder and we hung out with them and I have such admiration for their business that they built together and it's it's hard not to be like, well, why can't we build that life? Why can't we do like the, you know, follow these concrete steps and and just put our all into like building this recipe blog? But like the fact is like they're passionate about that. It's their like zone of genius and they love like 
Jasmine loves like taking beautiful food photography and developing recipes. And like, just because someone else is great at something and you see that they have this life that looks very like ideal to you and you're technically like capable of doing some of those things doesn't mean that you have to like, I think each of us has our own like zone of genius and we kind of owe it to ourselves and other people. Right. Yeah. To to pursue that. We're like, we're kind of the inverse of them Mm -hmm. when it comes to like careers. Right. You know, like we, like Chris plays in a band Mm -hmm. and I talked to him about it and he's like, Oh yeah. Like I love playing in the band. It's great. Mm -hmm. But like, he doesn't want to, I don't think he wants to be a rock star like right. me. He just likes doing it. Mm-hmm. Whereas that's never going to be good enough for me. But I'll, you know, like make food and yeah, make YouTube videos about eating food and making food. <laughs> but like, I'm not going to be passionate about that. Right. Well, you we know? were like thinking about writing like a vegan cookbook together and or like making some sort of vegan cooking course. And I was I was like, yeah, this sounds like a good idea and it sounds like something people would enjoy and that's very on brand for me. But I just know like if we started developing that together, we would clash so much because I'm so particular about how I cook. And Eric is very like, how would you describe your cooking style? Moronic. He's a really good cook, but he's less, much less structured than me. He's very, uh, very creative. Do you know what I mean? I take everything out of the fridge and I'm like, I'm going to put this and this and this. Right. And I throw it all in a pan and then I like put a spice in and then I smell another. I'm like, will that go with it? <laughs> and then I just put it in and then I'm like, eh, good enough. Right. He cooks things just, he just invents recipes on the fly, which I do too, but uh, I don't know. Mine's just, mine are just like mishmashes of stuff. Yeah. Like one time I'm, I just like fried rice with sauerkraut and sausage <laughs> That sounds good. Wait, yeah, was but I like, there? Was I, I think it might have been when you were away in mm-hmm. Bali. Mm-hmm. Um, <coughs> wow, excuse me. And it's just like, it's good, but like you'd never put it in a recipe book. <laughs> like that's that's kind of the way I cook. Yeah. So we were like going all down all these paths. Like what can we develop? Oh my God. Our dog is sitting in, uh, our doggy Melvin is sitting in his recliner. With his head dangling <laughs> off the side. He's so cute. He's about to slide all the way off. Oh, oh my God. What a good boy. Um, what were we talking about? Uh, recipes. <laughs> oh, yeah. we were. T- we, so we were throwing ideas and brainstorming all of these different products and digital products we could collaborate on to... <laughs> he is photographing the dog. And you. And oh, I'll, I'll post that. Ooh, I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> and um, they seemed good in theory and then I just kept freaking out about them because I'm I freak out about things and I was like no we have to find something that each of us like that we can split in a more even way where each of us has our own designated role that we're already good at and neither of us needs to hold the other person's hand through any of it and we're both equally motivated and I was like the the only thing that is that that's true of that we do together right now is music You know, Mm -hmm. so let's just do our Christmas album. Let's just put all our energy into energy into that. Let's make videos. Let's promote it. Um, Yeah. And then after after the season is over, we'll start working on some original music. And the podcast plays into that, too, because neither of us have to try. 
to right. like we don't have to force anything. It's mm-hmm. just like, oh, set the microphones up. Let's chat. Let's right. gab. Yeah. <laughs> let's ch- let's change that to our uh, our title. Let's gab. Let's gab with an exclamation. With Eric and Sarah. <laughs> let's gab yeah. with Eric and Sarah mm-hmm. and Melvin. Oh my God, he needs his own microphone. <laughs> he doesn't say much. <laughs> He's very cute. I feel also like having a dog. We've had him for two months now. Mm-hmm. Over two months. Uh, just about yeah. Navigating the experience of uh, raising a puppy together. When neither of us has previously raised a puppy and wasn't fully aware of or prepared for <laughs> all of the trials and tribulations yeah. that come with it, I feel like has made our relationship stronger. And that's kind of what's led to us being able to have all these conversations about, you know, do we want to work together? How do we want to do it? Yeah. Um, the other thing about him being a puppy is that he's a very large puppy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> So, and, and so like when, when your big puppy pees in the house, it's a lot more pee than a tiny puppy. <laughs> if he digs a hole in the backyard, it's a bigger hole. And, and just, a lot more mud tracked all over your entire house. Yeah. Everything is just a lot more with a big puppy. <laughs> um, but yeah, let's go back to making music and not cooking. Right. Well, I'm still going to do YouTube because I enjoy it, but I just need to come at it from less of a formulaic perspective. I'm just going to go back to what I used to do before I was monetized and um, make fun videos, test recipes, just put the camera on me in the kitchen as I prepare a dish instead of... Here's another thing about me, like going back to the topic of comparison and this fact that like when I see other people doing cool things and being successful at it, my brain is always like, oh, I could do that. Like all I need to do is just learn everything about it. I'm like last year I went through this phase. Not that I'm I, I regret this or anything. I'm glad. But I went through this phase where I was like, I could be a really good photographer. I could be a really good food photographer. And I read all the books and watched all the YouTube videos and bought a bunch of gear and uh, tons of props for food photography and now it's just like stuff <laughs> like I have so many dishes and I like I don't actually enjoy staging food photography you hate it more than anything I've ever seen you it do literally <laughs> I love cooking and the fact that I'm always uh, I don't know well the problem with what you do is that is what you just said you love cooking Mm -hmm. but you don't you don't love editing you don't love staging and photographing what you made like you need to just measuring things out and writing them into recipes yeah (laughs) you just want to cook yeah and it's it's the same thing like it's i'm like the opposite with music Mm -hmm. like i don't want to just make music like i love producing it and editing it and mixing it Mm -hmm. right yeah (coughs) oh god i'm dying um, but the word that keeps popping into my head for me personally is complacency. Right. And I just feel like I've been so complacent, but like it yeah. feels like my entire life, but I guess really just like my adult life out of college. It's like the last three and a half years. It's just like, I, oh, you want to make a cookbook so we can sell it and make some money. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, I'll do that. And you're like, well, it's going to be bad. Right. Like it's not going to be as fun as we think it's going to be to make. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, then let's not do it. 
and you're like, oh, well, here's another idea. I'm like, okay, let's do it. Yeah. Like, I'm just, and I've just been okay with working at my job and not pushing my music as much as I could. Sarah was like, well, what do you know about marketing your music? And I'm like, uh, not much, really. <laughs> She's like, well, yeah, because you don't do it. Mm. And I'm like, why, why don't I do it? But I, I talked about that earlier. But I'm just like, I'm at a point where I don't want to say desperate, but I think desperation is a, is like a blessing, though. It just doesn't feel that strong yeah. at the moment. Yeah. But I think I really think it's good to be desperate because that's what what has led me to make every major change I've ever made in my life that has paid off. Mm-hmm. You know, just because I, I have depressive tendencies like sometimes what it takes is for me to get into such a rut or such a rock bottom that I'm like, I'm done. Like that's kind of what happened to me with fitness lately mm-hmm. or a couple months ago. I had stopped going regularly and one day I was like, listen, I don't recognize myself. I felt so empowered when I was regularly working out and I know that that's who I am and I have to do it again. Yeah. Like I, and then I went all in. Um Yeah. And for me, it goes back to what I said earlier, which is like being proud of what I make. Mm -hmm. Right. So every time I every time we're working on a new album or record or something, and those are the same thing. (laughs) um, Every time we're working on new music, I'm like, okay, this is it. I'm going to promote the shit out of this. I Mm -hmm. love this music, blah, 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 blah. By the time we're done, I'm like, eh, this isn't that great. I don't really like it anymore. Right. But what I'm making now I know I'm going to I'm not going to feel that after and I'm going to push it in every way I can. Mm-hmm. Right. And like email it to everyone, radio <laughs> stations, whoever. Right. And I'm going to advertise on Instagram and Facebook. Mm-hmm. Like I'm I feel finally ready to not be complacent and to tell the world, hey, listen to my fucking music. <laughs> right. Right. And it's interesting as far as promotion goes, promotion of music or any creative project, I think it starts, it has to start so much earlier than releasing the actual thing, Mm -hmm. right? And going back to that video you mentioned at the very beginning about how to succeed in the music industry in present day, yes, being exceptional at your craft is important, but there's a lot of exceptionally talented people and Nowadays, we're not really just buying music. We're buying a story. We're buying a personality. And like... That was Ed Sheeran's whole thing, right? Right. Mm-hmm. You have to be a nice person. Like you, you have to be... Top of mind has to be what value you can provide to other people. And a lot of times that's... For music, it's like people just relate to your story mm-hmm. and they feel less alone, as cliched as that sounds. but Yeah, which is always what I've wanted to provide people mm-hmm. since I was a kid. And part of what Ed Sheeran said in that video about being a nice person is that like, it'll make people more inclined to spend money on you. Right. And I've I've been that consumer, right? Like, I love Green Day. I love, oh, yeah. like, the, the bands I love, if they release a new album... I'll just listen to it on Spotify, right? Because that's where I listen to music. Mm -hmm. But sometimes I'll buy the actual physical CD. And like computers don't even come with a CD drive anymore. (laughs) But it's nice to have the CD. You know, I can spend 12, I can spend 12 bucks on Green Day. Right. I've been listening to them since I was a little kid. They like shaped my whole life Mm -hmm. musically. So like I'll give them 12 bucks. Right. They seem like great guys. Mm -hmm. And if you're, if you're not, if you come off like 
a huge butthead. Like you, I, like, eh. you, just, you owe me to listen to this music, you know? Right. Like you do things for me. You right. boost my career. I'm going to like download LimeWire just so I can illegally <laughs> download your album because I don't want to, I don't want to even give you 0. 0.006 cents for each Spotify stream. Right. Mm-hmm. It's a little excessive. Yeah. But it's true. Mm-hmm. Um, can we talk about one more thing? Yeah, what? One more thing going on in our lives and yeah. by our lives. But it's been a constant in Sarah's life, but it's going to be new for me. What are you talking Oh, okay. Can we say it on Go the count ahead. of three? What? Three, two, one. Therapy? therapy. <laughs> nice. That was good. You seemed unsure of what I was, was going to say. I was a little nervous because I didn't know what you were going to say. But Yeah. yeah. Um, Sarah and I had this conversation the other day where she's scared that if she's in a relationship where she doesn't feel like she's is this too personal no go ahead this is great (laughs) this is excellent i know she says wide-eyed like a crazy (laughs) person sweating she's flop she's flop sweating no she's not um so sarah feels if she's in a relationship and she's not being pushed and advanced and growing from the relationship that she doesn't want to be in it right is that pretty accurate yeah and it goes back to my complacency thing. I just feel like I'm not trying to better myself. I feel like I've just had this thought in my head like, I'm going to grow. I'm going to be a better person. I'm going to be more successful. I'm going to be a musician, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. And I've only taken very minor steps to get there. And Sarah's like, well, you should go to therapy. I'm like, I don't need to go to therapy. How many times? We've had this conversation. I have never said you should go to therapy. Well, you said everyone should go to therapy. And I'm included I do, in everyone. I, I think anyone who has the resources to go to therapy, like, I I wish that I had gone earlier when I was, like, on my dad's nice insurance and it was <laughs> affordable because now I pay out of pocket for it. Right. Out um, the wazoo. But, yeah, I mean, I'm jealous of anyone who has the, the resources to go to therapy and it, have it be covered by insurance. Yeah. Right. So, I'm going to go. And... I I just haven't because I'm one of those people where and this is a conversation Sarah and I literally had months ago where I'm like, I don't think I need to go to therapy. She's like, well, I think everyone could benefit from therapy. I'm like, but why would I? She's like, well, you've had traumatic experiences like your adult life is shaped by these things that happen when you're younger. I'm like, well, what's happened to me that's traumatic? She's like, well, how do you feel about your parents divorce when you were a child? I'm like, oh, it's it's fine. They needed to get a divorce. So they got divorced and now they're happier and blah, 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 blah. I don't know if that's true, but I'm like, that doesn't bother me. She's like, you think it doesn't, but it definitely had some effect. I'm like, eh, I don't know about it. She's like, okay, well, you had this heart surgery when you were 10. Like, that's that's pretty terrifying. Like, surely it was traumatic. I'm like, no, I'm better now, blah, blah. She's like, okay, we had cancer when you were 17. Like, that's hugely traumatic. Like anyone who goes through cancer, whether it's yourself or living or going through it with a relative. I'm like, yeah, but like I got over that. Like, it's fine. I wrote songs about it. And Sarah's like, okay. (laughs) Okay. And now, months later, we've just been talking about these other things going on in our lives. And I've been thinking about the therapy. And I'm like, well, I don't know why it took me. I don't know why it took me time to figure this out and realize, but I'm like, okay, just because I don't know how these things have affected me and shaped how I act now doesn't mean they're not pulling on me and having an effect, right? So I'm going to go to therapy (laughs) and I'm going to find out 
because Sarah always comes back from therapy and she's like, and every time I'm like, how was it? She's like groundbreaking every, <laughs> every single time, which is what, twice a month? Yeah. Like every single time without fail. I'm like, what did you talk about? She's like, oh, well, this, this one minute thing happened when I was seven <laughs> and that's why I'm this way now. And I'm like, holy shit. I, everyone has these things I have to find out about myself yeah, and w- why I am the way I am mm. for good or bad. Right. Right. Do you learn, do you learn why you're, why you have good traits too? Not good traits. Well, not I, saying you have bad traits, but I think so many of our like quote unquote good traits are the things we're passionate about, the things that light us up, the things that come naturally to us. Like most of us know what those things are when we're very small and for me, therapy has been a lot about connecting back to that, like, authentic self, you know? Yeah. Because, like, when you think, when, I mean, this is, like, a podcast kind of about, like, being a creative and trying to build a career out of that, right? And when I think about the things that I want to do now, like, write a poetry book and, like, tour and, like, read my poetry to other people and, like, make music and, and sing it to other people, like, I knew those things when I was, like, five you know yeah and so i feel like depending on the type of therapy you do right there's lots of different kinds and different kinds resonate with different people but like it's for me it's been all about getting back to that little girl and finding out what what things i've built that have you know like how i've been conditioned to not go after those things that were true to me and and kind of tear down those limitations yeah I didn't know there were like I didn't know there were multiple types of therapy. Yeah. Well, there's like talk therapy, there's cognitive behavioral therapy, which is electroshock I feel like, therapy. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um it's funny, I found the other day a folder with all of my paperwork from El Camino, which is the hospital I went to when I was fifty one fifty or involuntarily hospitalized in twenty eleven. And I was like looking through all of the like workbooks and and uh, journal entries they had me do when I was there. And I just it's insane. Like as someone now who thinks about psychology and my own like traumas and triggers uh, every single day, like how little I little thought I gave to it at that point and how much I just kind of assumed like my dad's depressed, my family has depression in a, in its history and this is how I'm going to be forever. Um, so it's cool eight years later to feel much more empowered. Um, what month were you? November. November, 2011. Mm-hmm. So we were both in the hospital at the same time for different oh, wait, reasons. 2011? Was it 2011? It might've been 20, 2012. Oh, then, then, then we weren't. It's such a, it's crazy how things are so present and such a big deal when you're going through them. And then mm-hmm. you're like, well, how long ago was that? Do you ever, <laughs> do you ever like, it happens to me when I watch YouTube videos. Mm. Well, actually, yeah. But as of, as of late, we've been watching a lot of Lonely Island music mm-hmm. videos and listening to their music because it is hilarious mm-hmm. and annoyingly catchy. Um, but like, it's something I like missed the what's what's the phrase i just missed it when it happened 
you know, so I'm like watching this video right. <laughs> and it's like 2011. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I was getting chemo in the hospital. I could have been watching this on my computer mm-hmm. and I was watching like other funny YouTube videos. Mm. I'm like, I didn't even know this existed. And like this, and I just think back like, wow, 2011, that's when I was in the hospital and this other thing was happening simultaneously. Right. Do you get that? Do you get those vibes? Like yeah. when you see a date and you're like, wow, this is what I was doing at this time. Mm-hmm. That's kind of, It's like, it's just, I don't want to say scary. I don't know. It's just a weird it existential puts in thing. perspective. What is life, dude? Yeah. Yeah, it does. Like, I was in the fall of 2011, which is eight years ago now. I was like a 17-year-old boy getting chemotherapy. And Andy Samberg looked the same. And he was making funny Lonely Island songs just like he is now. <laughs> and like his life was also probably completely different. He's probably a completely different person also. Right. And we don't see it. It's yeah. just like, oh, he looks, he, oh, his hair's different, but he looks the same. Whereas my, <laughs> and, and that's just like what life is with our different perspectives. Mm-hmm. And, it go, and it goes to that thought of like, we think everyone's experience isn't as detailed Mm -hmm. or intricate as our own Mm -hmm. and they all are yep except for melvin's probably (laughs) he's a simple man what the hell goes through a dog's brain you know i think about that sometimes and it really freaks me out yeah because i mean yesterday melvin's generally pretty obedient like he doesn't he's a good boy yeah i mean he's still a puppy so he's not you know He's still a little shit. Super cold trained. But (laughs) yesterday we had this experience where he got muddy outside because it's been snowing and we carried him into the bathtub and washed off his paws. And I think it shook him a little bit. He was not happy with us. And so for the rest of the morning, he was just acting so weird and he wouldn't um, like do any of his little tricks, even though we had treats for him. And he was just so suspicious. Like he like same with when we when we take him to the vet and we've gotten him his vaccinations and. He's a smart, so he'll take the treat as a distraction. We'll give him one prick, and then he'll learn. He'll be like, oh, treat means you're trying to distract me so you can poke me. Yeah. But I'm like, no, that's not actually his experience. He doesn't think that we're trying to distract him. He, he just, just knows, knows that treat equals prick. Like, which is which is why it's funny when we're like, oh, we have such a smart dog. Yeah. And I'm like, well, what differentiates a smart dog from a dumb dog mm. in their brain? Right, because we know, like, a stupid dog yeah. looking at you, golden retrievers, <laughs> like they'll, if they get pricked by the vet, a stupider dog would, I don't know, not instinctually be like, oh, not going after that treat. Well, I know what that means. I think they just forget yeah. things faster. Right. Mm-hmm. It's like a, it's memory based partially. Yeah. yeah. Yesterday after we took him out of the bathtub, he wouldn't even like make eye contact with us. Yeah. And you can't really get your dog to sit or lay down or give you paw unless they're making eye contact for the most part. Right. And like he refused to like look at us. He kept walking away. It was very, very salty. Yeah. Yeah. I felt bad. Like the smarter I real, like I've never really bonded that closely with a dog. Like we had a dog growing up, but it was my sisters and my dads and never really talked to her because I loved my cat so much. (laughs) But dogs just have a different kind of intelligence, you know? Well, like, after after we got Melvin, uh-huh. a month after we went to visit your family in California, mm-hmm. and you bonded with that dog mm-hmm. more than you ever have, right? According that's what you told yeah. me. Yeah, 
Right. Because I have my own dog now and I'm like, oh, I appreciate how difficult it is to train a dog. I appreciate that she was an abused dog and that's why she is the way she is. And Mm -hmm. I just had a lot more empathy. And so I, I bonded with her and then I came back and I was like, wow, like Melvin, you're a living, thinking. Right. Creature. What the heck? He doesn't really read like a puppy all that often. No. Like, first of all, because he's big. Mm-hmm. And secondly, because he just, he's like calm. Yeah. And he is obedient. Mm-hmm. I mean, he doesn't like come all the time. No. But like, he'll sit for his food and he's not like reckless, you know? Mm-hmm. But then when you see him like try to run, his paws <laughs> and legs are too big for his body still. Yeah. And he's very uh, doofy looking. He is. Yeah. You want to wrap it up? Yeah. Episode one, season two. How long was this one? It was 40, 44 minutes so okay. far. That's not bad. Yeah. I like that. It was nice. Yeah. Um, well, enjoy the new theme song, which I haven't finished making yet. But by the time this comes out, jazzy it will be in there. AF. It, it, it's, it's starting to take a turn from jazzy to like just groovy. Groovy. Yeah. Funky. Funkadelic. Funky. Yeah. Okay. Well, thanks for listening. Do you have anything else? Um... We have an email address. We also have yeah. an Instagram account. If you oh, would yeah. like to communicate with us, maybe you have a story that kind of relates to what we're going through. Maybe you're on the other side of what we're going through. And At the other end of the tunnel. You used to work a corporate job, and now you are a fabulous musician slash artist slash, slash influencer. <laughs> slash influencer. Um, if, if that's the case, uh, let us know so that we can, you can instill some hope in us. <laughs> please, please God do that. Um, what is our email? What is life dude show at gmail.com. I believe so. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, uh, talk to you next time, which might just be next week at this point. Yeah. I'd like to aim for weekly. Yeah. It, it's not, shouldn't be hard it's like a it's like a check-in for us as much as it is a check-in with the audience well i'm bad at journaling and i've always wanted to try to journal but i i hate right like physically writing it's an auditory journal it experience. is it's nice and hopefully by the next time we record i will have gone to my first therapy session oh yeah so maybe we can discuss that that's see i'm starting another podcast this week which is literally just going to be all about mental health and spirituality and weird stuff that I like, like astrology and human design. And um, every time I go to a therapy session, I'm going to come home and immediately afterwards, like unpack the therapy session because some I love it. crazy shit happens and um, I need it to be out there. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait. Yeah. All right. So we'll uh, talk to you next time. Keep questioning your reality. <laughs> Bye. Bye.